Thank you again for listening to Real Talk, Leader Culture with Dr. Dig. And I hope that this episode added value to your leadership journey. Remember, this podcast streams every Friday at seven o'clock now that we're back. And we're gonna be hosting a live Q&A So listen for the details for which Friday after the podcast streams that we're going to be having our live Q&A. So if you want to leave me a message on Facebook or Instagram about this podcast, I'd love to hear your feedback. Remember, if you're not already getting your exclusive weekly dose of wisdom nuggets, I want you to reach out to me and share um, that you want to be added to the email list. Also, I can start sending texts with a link for you to view it from your phone. So on Instagram, it's at leaderculture underscore with Dr. D and you can drop the word leader to get connected. Just set your alarm so you'll listen to our weekly stream of Real Talk, Leader Culture with Dr. D podcast at each Friday. 7 p.m. Eastern is when they stream. So this is your host, Dr. Dorothy Seabrook, a.k.a. Dr. D, your leadership coach and mentor, offering Real Talk. Remember, I build leaders and my superpower is empowering others. Until next time, leader culture, more than a mindset, it's a movement. If you received your wisdom nugget a couple of weeks ago, I'm going to read to you verbatim what's in that email. And the reason why I'm going to give it to you like that is, number one, you probably forgot because it's been a while. But two, I think it's really important. So those that wisdom nugget was working the plan. And I shared the worst thing that can happen to a leader is to become stagnant. And if you're stagnant, chances are you're irrelevant. Leaders must maintain proficiency and competency by building, growing, or maintaining technical and leadership skills. Leaders may attend a leadership conference, take online training, or participate in team building and strategic planning sessions. But remember, none of that effort outweighs the need to develop a plan to implement skills or concepts learned during the training or activity. Without a plan, it's like putting together box furniture without directions. And I want to stop there. I want to stop there because I want to discuss a little bit about technical proficiency and leadership skills. See, there's a, there is the opportunity for leaders to be great at a job, but not be a good human being. And we've talked about what effective character traits are for a leader, what some of the leadership styles are. But I'm going to tell you that the most important leader is the one that's able to listen, actively listen. And I mean, listen to hear not listen to respond. Another great effect of a leader is when they are empathetic. They don't come off as soon as somebody has a problem feeling like it's their problem. 
meaning the person who's experiencing it. You weren't born a leader and you didn't become a leader just yesterday. Maybe you did, but you didn't become a human just yesterday. So it's good to think about what it is that you like to see in a person if you're going through something, if you're working in a workspace, if you're in an environment where it's asking you to give of yourself and your time. So if you don't have a plan on how you're going to improve those skills, then why bother? If you're putting together furniture from the box store, the big box store, let's say Ikea, let's say Walmart, let's say Target or Sam's Club, and you have no directions and no tools, good luck with that. That's the same thing that leadership is. Leadership is there are times when you have to follow the directions. Sometimes you have to just use your intuition. But you as the leader, only you know what's going on in your mind. Only you know what experiences you've had that has shaped your perspective and shaped your lens. So I'm going to go back to the uh, wisdom nugget. Leaders who can see the value in having a roadmap and an action plan that includes one milestones that they want to reach. And then their short-term and long-term objectives as they're getting to the overarching goal. Those leaders are always more successful than those who are flying by the seat of their pants. Now, that doesn't mean that you're so rigid that you can shift or pivot if needed. That just means that you have a vision on where you and the team needs to go to meet your mission and the organization's mission. See, uh, leaders, when they come to an organization, really, they should start with scanning their environment. They need to see what's going on, what needs to go on, and then they need to think about how they're going to get them and their team there. So when I was hosting the Empowering Leaders Conference, one of the sessions I didn't get to give was the mind mapping session. I, I ended up giving it as a virtual session, but it loses something in the interpretation. It's different when you're in front of somebody and you can ask them point blank questions and see what's going on in their mind. See, because mind mapping session starts with a central prioritized goal. And you follow that up with an individualized development plan. So let's say I'm a leader and I need to build some skills. So that means I need to have training targets. Now, mind you, I'm not a person that doesn't understand that developing a plan is easier said than done. But I know for me, I'm a procrastinator. And there are times when I think that I am good right where I am, that I don't need to learn anything new. There's some of you who are unwilling to embrace change. And there are others that their egos are bigger than their aspirations. See, these are just some of the factors that limits a leader's vantage point when considering whether to develop a plan. Also, when to start working the plan. It's not going to work itself. So also, sometimes when your ego is bigger than your ambition, you don't want to regroup or shift or pivot. 
we always talk about we're change agents and we embrace change. I don't, I disagree. I think that if you don't have a plan to address change, then you are selling wolf tickets. I want you to be the leader. We're going to be right back with questions for clarity. All right, leaders, it's time for these questions for clarity. I'm going to ask you a few questions about your views, and I'm going to share some of mine. You got your pen and paper handy, right? All right, so first question. Describe a time when you have developed a plan based on what you recently learned or maybe something that you participated in, a work group, workshop, conference, or training. I bet that probably half of you have never developed a plan. You went to the training and that was it. When you're done, you're done. You might think back on some of the principles. You might think back on some of the jokes that were told. You might hook up and contact a couple of the people that you met in some of the networking sessions. But chances are, you unless you developed it as part of the curriculum, you didn't come away from there and say, I'm going to develop a plan based on what I just learned or participated in because I can see the value of the time that I spent and value in the material. Even if the present presentation wasn't what you thought it was gonna be, chances are if you went into that presentation with your glass half empty, so it could be poured into, then there's something that you learned, even if it was something not to do. See, for me, as soon as I leave a conference, even when delivering the conference on that cruise, I walked away and I jotted down some notes on some lessons learned, some things that I realized about myself in that space, things that I learned about other people. Now, of course, that's from my perspective, but still, I needed to develop a plan on how I was going to deal with that and them. So... Think about it. Think about a time that you developed a plan based on what you recently learned or participated in. Now, next question. Did you follow that plan through or did you run into a lot of unexpected roadblocks? If you ran into a lot of unexpected roadblocks, it's because it wasn't really a plan. Because with a plan, you're going to look at any barriers, challenges, or limitations. You're going to think about whether your lifestyle can see that plan through. If you already struggle with time management, work, life, family, school, harmony, if you're already having a hard time, what is a plan going to do? You're going to have to address some of those roadblocks. If your family, like if let's say you need to get a degree, but now you're taking care of your parents because they're older, you have a couple of kids, your job is demanding, you work overtime all the time. Can you really go to school? And can you afford to go to school? 
So why would you ever develop a plan, an education plan to say, I'm going to go back to school to gain new skills or become proficient or to get, to get a degree if it doesn't fit into your lifestyle? So I want you to be clear about that. When you have unexpected roadblocks, it's because you didn't think past putting something on paper. You didn't try to envision yourself being at the end of the plan or reaching your goal. That means you're not serious about it. All right, next question. Did you need help from others to execute your plan, but failed to or refused to ask for help? Is that you? So strategic partnerships are important. And I don't mean partnering for the sake of partnering. I don't mean your BFF. I don't mean somebody who's on your team. I mean someone who can help you execute your plan. It may be that you're going to have to talk to somebody in a higher level position. It may be that you're going to have to talk to a subordinate who has a skill that's going to help you execute a part of your plan. You've got to be willing to be humble to say, I need your help. Now, I try to raise my hand every as often as I can and say, hey, I don't know it all. Can you help me? Can you teach me? And one of the things, I don't just let somebody sit me down at a computer because I want to drive. I don't want you to click buttons for me. I want to feel what it does. I want to click some other buttons so I can see where I'm going. But when I think about executing a plan, I'm going to reach out to people who are going to help me. And if I refuse to ask for help, shame on me. So let's move to the next question. As a leader and supervisor of your team, do you require each team member to consider a five-year plan and check in with them periodically throughout the year? That's a two-part question, but both are important. Or are you the kind of leader and supervisor that only looks at their development plan when it's time for performance evaluation. Now, I'm not knocking you, at least you're doing it because that's what's typical. But if you're not having quarterly conversations, if you're not also requiring them to look for training or other opportunities so they can realize their plan, then you might as well tear it up. All right, we're going to move on. So here's where it gets a little tricky. On a scale of one to five, with one being not very likely and five being very likely, would you say that you are able to envision reaching the goals of your plan as you've established it? I would say I am a firm four. I can't say that I'm a five because I don't think that I'm an expert at developing plans. Uh, be, I, am, I do consider myself a visionary, but there's always something that I miss. And why is that? Because I'm only looking through my lens. If I'm not participating with someone else to say, or willing to say, hey, take a look at this with me. 
tell me what I might be missing, then I really am not doing the best job that I could. So I want to ask you another scale question, same range. And this is the last question for clarity. So one is not very likely and five being very likely. Will you ditch your plan at the first speed bump? I can tell you as I was growing as a leader, I did have. And if the speed bump is high enough, I'll ditch it now. Because chances are that plan is garbage. Now, there's no shame in ditching your plan if it no longer serves your purpose. But if you're ditching your plan is because it was a plan that was not well thought out in the first place, you're better off to scratch it. But you still need to have a plan. That's what's important. And I want you to be the leader. I also want you to remember that you are answering these questions for yourself, not for me. I'll never know what your responses are, but I do want to offer you some real talk related to these questions of clarity. You're probably thinking, you didn't give me real talk already? Mm -mm. There is more to come. We'll be right back. All right now, leaders. So this is the real talk portion, but I'm going to use the questions I just asked you in questions for clarity. Now, I want you to brace yourself because I'm not going to go play nice. I'm going to go a little hard because in order to work your plan, you have to have a plan. So the first question I asked you was developing a plan after you went to training or a conference. If you didn't, you've wasted somebody's money. Now that's real talk. You've wasted your time. You're only going to remember 10% of what went on. Even when you look back in the workbook or in your conference book and you look at the notes, you're going to be asking yourself, hmm, I can't quite remember what that was about. And that's because you were distracted. You weren't really paying attention or the fact that you never intended to have a plan in the first place. All right, that's just the first question. Let's move on. So talking about unexpected roadblocks, do you get selective amnesia when it comes to things that you're required to do? So think about it, if this was a team member, right? Somebody that went to a conference, you will want them to have a trip report. You will want them to tell you how they're going to implement those plans. And you might very well be their roadblock. You may already be thinking, yeah, that's not going to happen. You're not going to get more time off. Well, I'm not going to allow you to take a gov uh, government or paid time to be able to um, work your plan. See, I, you could tell I worked for the government, but why not? Number one, if you invest in yourself, you need to invest in your people. That's real talk. All right, let's move on. 
Did you need help from others to execute your plan and you either failed to or refused to ask for help? If that is the case, I'm going to tell you right now, you need to reevaluate your willingness and ability to be a leader. No one is on an island by themselves when they're trying to inspire, motivate, and empower others. You, you're gonna, it's gonna take a team. And sometimes it's your peers to your left or right. Sometimes it's your supervisor, or sometimes it's the members of your team. And if you fail to, that could be an oversight. But if you refuse to, it's probably because of your ego or your arrogance. And I need you to really start thinking about that. Thinking about who you are as a leader. Now, probably if you're not looking for empowerment, I'm, I'm not talking to you because you're here, you're listening. But you can look around the room and there's normally one in five that you know are not here for the right reasons. And when I say here, working a plan, working a mission, uh, uh, supporting others, you know who they are. And it's on you to make sure that as you execute your plan, that you're not that person, that one in five. All right, your next question for clarity had to do with uh, checking in with your team periodically. Now, I'm going to tell you this, a lot of leaders and supervisors, managers specifically, they're quick to tell you what you're doing wrong, but they have a really hard time when you've done things well, or you're struggling to get from point A to point B. If I'm going to put someone on a performance improvement plan, I've also got to address behavior. But if I'm also trying to develop someone, I've got to check in with them regularly. I've got to be willing to informally coach and mentor them, whether it's a daily basis, weekly basis, but how best to do it? Model it. Model what it looks like to be working on developing yourself. I'm, I'm going to give you a, a simple example. I've been talking to some people about being well, wellness, self-care, and I've interrupted my own fitness program because I've been too busy, but I've had enough time to watch some Netflix, uh, Korean romance dramas, watch the whole series, the 16 episodes. Yep. I might watch them at night. But that also means that I'm not getting up early enough in the morning to do that. So how dare I talk to someone else about wellness and self-care when I'm not modeling it myself? And I'm not talking about just weight loss. I'm talking about being healthy in mind, spirit, and body. And I need to make sure that not do, not do I wait, not should I wait for someone to check in with me. I need to be reaching out to my accountability partners, those who had agreed, and make them be my accountability partners. So in my five-year plan, I'm planning to retire again. And that might shift, yes. But if someone doesn't know that, how are they going to help me 
and check in with me. Who am I empowering that can also empower me? Who am I surrounding myself with that's going to ask me the questions for clarity so that I can raise my hand to say, nope, I'm off track. Oh, let me do this. I'm going to update my plan and I'm going to start working my plan. So as a leader and supervisor, model the behavior that you want to see, but also check in with your teams more than just that annual performance review and also consider behavior. I need you to wean out those bullies who are taking up all the time and causing the most chaos in your team meetings. Take care of it. It should be a part of your leadership plan. And if you don't have the skills to address it uh, uh, directly, then that should be in your plan. Now that's real talk. All right. So I asked a question about envisioning reaching your goals. Every organization wants their leaders to be visionaries. And I'm not talking about unicorn, pie in the sky, rainbow, glitter visionaries. I'm talking about someone who can say, here's where they said they want us to go. Here's what I envision that we'll need to do to get there. You can see it in your mind, what it looks like. You can articulate it in a staff meeting when you're giving out those hard, grueling, uh, unsexy tasks. But you've got to keep your eye on the prize. Now, mind you, envisioning reaching your goal and establishing your plan has to include places where you get to shift and pivot. And if you can't or won't do that, then you are rigid and you have a fixed mindset. We've talked about fixed versus growth mindsets. And if you need to go back and look at some of that and listen listen to some of that and listen to embrace the change, please do that. Because again, in order to be a visionary, you've got to shift, pivot, you've got to keep track, you've got to monitor, you've got to communicate. And then you also need to inspire others to help you see your way through to that goal. And you need to help them see what it looks like as well. So the last question had to do with ditching your plan at the first speed bump. So if you are not built for controversy, if you're not built for adversity, if you're not built to be assertive, you're going to have a hard time being a leader and supporting your team. You are going to have to run interference sometimes in um, reaching the goals of your plan. And whether it is personal, whether it is team, or whether it is organizational plan, whatever it is, there's not going to be a direct path to get you there. And when you hit a speed bump, regroup, find another way to get to that goal, or at least the objective that you're trying to reach at the time. When we were on the uh, conference on the cruise ship, right? There was a disconnect with our room where we were holding the training. We could have very well said, oh, 
We got to stop. Let's stop for the day. Nope. What we did was said, hey, how, where else can we go? Let us know where we can go and then let's get there and let's start again. So we didn't just throw in the towel for the day. That was a speed bump, yes, but we remained flexible and that's what's important. Now that's real talk. So leaders, here's your takeaway. I think that you really need to have a a plan to address change if you really are serious about embracing change. Not only should you have a plan, but you need to know the limitations, some of the challenges, but also the strengths of your plan. And then you need to work the plan. Be the leader, keep moving, don't stand still. Now that's real talk because your team is depending on you. Thank you again for listening to Real Talk, Leader Culture with Dr. Digg. And I hope that this episode added value to your leadership journey. Remember, this podcast streams every Friday at 7 o'clock now that we're back. And we're going to be hosting a live Q&A. So listen for the details for which Friday after the podcast streams that we're going to be having our live Q&A. So if you want to leave me a message on Facebook or Instagram about this podcast, I'd love to hear your feedback. Remember, if you're not already getting your exclusive weekly dose of wisdom nuggets, I want you to reach out to me and share um, that you want to be added to the email list. Also, I can start sending texts with the link for you to view it from your phone. So on Instagram, it's at leaderculture underscore with Dr. D. And you can drop the word leader to get connected. Just set your alarm so you'll listen to our weekly stream of Real Talk, Leader Culture with Dr. D podcast at each Friday. 7 p.m. Eastern is when they stream. So this is your host, Dr. Dorothy Seabrook, a.k.a. Dr. D, your leadership coach and mentor, offering Real Talk. Remember, I build leaders and my superpower is empowering others. Until next time, leader culture, more than a mindset, it's a movement.